What's up, y'all? I hope you're ready to get active. We're back here with another episode from Lamar and Jay. So sit back, relax, get your snacks, and let's get active. Once again, we are back with another episode for y'all. Today we have two special guests for y'all. Today we're going to be talking about a cool topic, a cool topic for relationships and just for people in general. Uh, we're going to be talking about vulnerability. That's a big topic, can be a sensitive topic, but I feel like it's a very important topic and something that's you know, crucial to have a discussion about. Uh, well, sir, we, we, like you said, we're back. We got two black queens with us, Alexis, Cam. So y'all, introduce yourself. Hey, what's up? I'm Alexis. <laughs> hey, y'all. I'm Cam. So, kind of, so kind of background. We met these like Lamar City's queens um, in school at uh, Texas A&M. Became great friends with them. Great study buddies. Uh, yeah. So that's that's kind of background how we how we know these two ladies. So, hey, let's get after it, man. So, well, I want to ask y'all, since y'all brought this topic up, the vulnerability topic, like, explain that to us. Like, go deeper into it. What did y'all mean by that? Um, on, I think, I think it was the first uh, ep- or the second episode that y'all had, and Jay was talking about how he likes to internalize his thoughts. Like, he's not very open to, like, talking about what he's going through. And, like, I... I kind of get that because like I'm the same way like I never really want to open up like my experiences my past experiences you know stuff like that and it wasn't until I got to college and met Cameron where she really taught me the beauty of you know being open opening up and um yeah just allowing yourself to be vulnerable and that how that can really open up relationships and stuff and so I'll kind of let her elaborate on why that is (laughs) um I think this topic is very important it's something that I really enjoy talking about a lot of people think that especially men because there is a stigma of if you open yourself up if you show your emotions that you will be perceived as weak or um you don't have the characteristics that a man is supposed to have in society and things like that but one of the reasons why it's so important to me is because you being vulnerable with someone and creating that depth in your relationship with someone can possibly change their life. So I know Alexis was just talking about how, you know, she was introduced to the idea of vulnerability through me. Now, that's a growth process. It's not something that I rolled up out of bed and I was like, yes, I'm just going to be vulnerable with everybody that I see. Um, that's not the case. You have to first understand your feelings before you can talk about them with someone else. So that's why this topic is so important to me. Um, I guess I can just give a a quick example. One of the things that I used to do when I led my team at Texas A&M for my leadership organization is that every meeting, at the start of every meeting, I would have some type of vulnerability activity, right? So that would be something like, 
one of the ones that I wanted us to do was tell me your favorite childhood memory, whether that be something positive or something negative that affected you throughout your life and, you know, something that is impactful to you. And when we were going around the room, we kind of had all different type of responses. So one person's response was, you know, the last time that they saw their grandfather alive, you know, then the other person's response was, well, this was um, a time when maybe my dad, he taught me how to ride a bike and that those feelings that I felt in that moment is something that impacted me and something that I know that if I share with someone else, that it'll be beneficial to their life. Okay, okay. So I got a question for y'all. And it might be kind of personal, might not, but in y'all past relationships, how like what time limit or like how long would y'all say it took y'all to be vulnerable with that person? Or how long would you say it takes to build that trust and vulnerability with someone? Uh I guess I'll go first. Uh so I just most recently, this was my very first relationship that I've ever been in um it didn't take me long because like within months of getting to know him I already felt comfortable and like I could trust him um so I guess I don't know just the type of person that I am it didn't take long for me but for him after knowing each other for a whole year there was just a lot of things that he just would not open up about you know, like he'll, he mentioned, you know, like some of the things that he's been through, but as far as like going in depth and talking about it, like he never would give me that. And like, when I asked him why his response was basically like, it's just going to take more than a year. <laughs> like he said, like, I'm not gonna like open up to you overnight. And I was just like, well, damn, it's been a year. Like, how much longer do you need? <laughs> like, why you don't trust me? <laughs> well, I, I do I do feel like it's more of a <clears throat> thing. I don't I don't like putting time stuff, time stamps on relationships. I feel like it should be natural and no things could happen when they happen. Um, I already don't put time stamps on anything in a relationship. Um, because you might feel more vulnerable with a certain person, you know, before, after. Um, if you were in a relationship with a different type of person, just because that, that relationship is going to be different. So yeah. um, I don't think that when you go into a relationship, you should, you should be like, oh, it's been six months. He's not as vulnerable as um, I want him to be with me right now. Well, maybe that should be something that I'll talk about, but don't really pressure your spouse or partner to, to do. It should be more of a, you know, like I said, a natural thing, because that's when people are starting to feel like, you know, your relationship isn't right for them or you're doing things wrong. And therefore that's when you start having problems when you put time steps on things because things should happen naturally. Mm-hmm. That's all I feel about it. Okay, yeah, I feel that. Like, so you're basically saying like, it, the time limit doesn't matter. Like if you, you can feel vulnerable with that person tomorrow, next week, a month, it, like the time doesn't matter. Like it can be any time. So yeah, I feel where you're coming from with that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree um, with Jay also about that because like I was saying, it's, it's a process. It's not like you're going to wake up and feel like you need to do it the next day. But also like Alexis was saying, it also depends on that person. So the type of person that I am, I, I'm not vulnerable with everybody, but I feel like it's a feeling 
like you know when you're wanting to get deep with somebody or you're wanting to share a story or share um your testimony with somebody else like it's a feeling but um one of the things that I always think about is you never know like what somebody's going through right and so I feel like look when look relationships you're supposed to be that person's peace you're supposed to be that person's safe haven so that they can come to you and tell you anything and you won't judge them or or stuff like that and um I think that in in relationships sometimes like I was saying before men tend to hold back on their emotions and maybe y'all can shed some light on why that is (laughs) Well, before I do, I do have a question because Cam, you brought up an interesting point that we kind of talked about in our last podcast. You mentioned in order to be vulnerable with somebody, you have to be uh, kind of vulnerable with yourself first. And mm-hmm. so for somebody, you know, male or female that is in that position where they're wanting to be vulnerable with their uh, partner, but they don't really know how or the steps to take, what are some advice that that you have for that person and steps to take to knowing their self so they can <clears throat> be vulnerable with their partner? I would say um, some steps that I have personally taken is the first one is journaling. Even though, you know, we might not like to do it or we feel like it's a, it's a task that, you know, just takes up our time. When you write down how you're feeling and you read it back to yourself, you can understand yourself a lot more. Um, They have all types of journals. You can just do like um, a daily journal or you can get one of the self-help books and things like that. That will help you understand the things that you're feeling. And then also something that I've struggled with is whenever a situation would arise or a big decision in my life would arise, I would run to my family or run to my friends and see how they felt about it and the things that I should do in order to move forward. But I never stopped to think about what is best for me and what I want. So I think that's the first step is finding out what you want in your life and just how you want to handle situations. And then you can be vulnerable with other people. Yeah, that's good, I like that. So to hit on what you said, like we can explain why, like the way we are, like not showing emotion and blah blah I can like hit on that because I feel like me personally, I feel I'm more like robotic in a sense when it comes to, like emotions and stuff like that. Kind of like cut it on and off here and there, but I feel I do that because I, you know it's like a sense of getting someone power over you, especially like you don't want you're supposed to be seen as a tough guy, not emotional, like stuff like that. So I feel. I don't really open up when it comes to stuff like that because I don't want to just seem belittled in a sense. So, yeah. But yeah, Jay, you, you explain a bit too. Cause <laughs> um, I feel like, huh? I feel like we're the same person. So yeah, we are very similar. Um, I feel that a conversation that a lot of people don't want to have, and this is not, you know, like, towards anybody, but um, I feel that just because, a person is not vulnerable, it doesn't mean maybe they just don't want to be vulnerable and they're holding back. Maybe they're just not comfortable with you yet. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that, you know, you could be doing everything right, but maybe that person just needs a little bit more time to be comfortable. Maybe they have some baggage or some things that they're trying to do in the past. So I feel like when that happens, 
I've seen this a lot with like women on their point of view is that they feel that they're not doing the right thing and they're blaming them, themselves for a guy not being vulnerable with them. But maybe that guy is trying to deal with what was happening in his past. So he can't be vulnerable with you. And maybe it's not just you, you know, maybe he's just dealing with some things internally that he hasn't gotten over yet. He's not ready to be vulnerable with anybody yet. He's not mm-hmm. necessarily just holding back because he doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe he's just not comfortable yet. And I feel like that's important to talk about that um, instead of just, you know, hammering him and getting him to say things. Now he's mad and then y'all aren't getting anywhere. So I feel like that's important. But um, I guess for me, you know, sometimes I am that way in a sense. You know, going off of what Lamar asked me, I feel that like when I'm comfortable with people, I have no problem being vulnerable. That's not, I feel like I can be a very vulnerable person. Um, it's just sometimes I'm a, Lamar, this is where we're kind of similar. We're overthinkers. Um, yeah. I feel that we want things to be perfect. And if things aren't perfect or we don't see things the way we want to, that kind of puts a block on our vulnerability at sometimes because we're like, why be vulnerable if this is going on, this is going on. I'm not comfortable with this person. Um, so I think for men, it's not necessarily that we don't want to. You no, know, we enjoy, not really enjoy, but we are open to be vulnerable when it's the right time and we feel comfortable. And when that happens, you'll see a big difference in, in that man because he's not gonna have a problem be vulnerable with you. You know, just maybe give him some time, um, give him some space and allow him to figure those things out. But but that's where, for me, I think that's what I am when it comes to vulnerability. Oh, oh, my bad. But, yeah, you said two things. So I'm here on the first one that you said that stood out to me. When you said the guy, is, the guy working on whatever's in his past, I feel like for male and female, you should always, like, before just jump into a relationship or whatever with somebody else, you should work on yourself and build yourself up. It's you for hopping in with somebody else. Because if you're not whole and complete, you're not going to be able to be complete with somebody else because you still got stuff on the back end that's – Holding you back, so yeah, that was good that you said. And then when you, I feel like being vulnerable with somebody, it's easier to be comfortable if the feelings mutual. If that person being vulnerable with you, I'll be I'm be open to be vulnerable back because like I can feel that it's a trust thing. We're both willing to be out and put ourselves out there. So yeah, right. And I would say you definitely don't want to emotionally dump on people and just like pour out your heart all the time but I would say sometimes like even in my experience I have been vulnerable with someone without expecting them to be vulnerable with me and so maybe in the next conversation that they have with somebody else they will feel comfortable being vulnerable with that person or with their significant other I remember me me and Alexis have been friends for a long time but when I first met her I instantly was like, okay, this girl's gonna be my best friend because I just felt that vibe, you know? So for a long time, like it didn't take a long time for us to be vulnerable with each other and get to know each other. That goes back to what I was saying about, you know, you know the moment when you want to be vulnerable with somebody. Yeah. So yeah, like you actually mentioned them too. Like you not, you can't, you can be vulnerable with friendships too. Like, I feel like I'm vulnerable today in a sense. Like, I feel like I can talk to him about anything. 
<laughs> you know what I mean. But I feel like yeah, not about anything, like any aspect of my life, anything, any problems, whatever I'm going through, I, I feel like I could talk to him because yeah. I understand where I'm coming from. So like it goes deeper than just relationships. You can be vulnerable with friendships. So yeah, different things. So I also- let me, sorry, let me just say that is so important. Like for males, for y'all to have that type of community and support with us, mm-hmm. I think that is just that's amazing. And I feel like y'all need more of that. I don't know. I just feel like hey, maybe y'all do have that. And we just, I just don't know. But I just feel like that's so important. And I would like to see more of that. Yeah, I mean, that's one reason why we started the podcast. Me, Lamar, literally 11 o'clock at night, whenever, whenever it is, leaving the wreck or whatever, and be talking, end up being outside, sitting on his car, talking for an hour about stuff. We're like, man, we really just need to start, you know, letting these things out and, you know, why not put it you know, on record and make it a podcast because I thought it's something that I would listen to if, you know, in, co- in the college or in the same situation, it was something that would help me. But also going back uh, to what we've been talking about, I feel like another reason why vulnerability might be a problem is men because I feel like a lot of men are internal, process- internal processors where we like to think about things. Another thing is I feel like I'm a, pretty good listener since I'm not the one that's always going out and trying to talk to people about my feelings I feel like I feel like a lot of people like to do that and come to me and talk about their feelings which is fine I don't really talk I don't talk about my side maybe that's why they like it because I don't talk about my side they can say whatever they want and I just give them feedback never advice yeah. I always give them feedback um so maybe that can be a thing that you know when somebody's telling me being vulnerable with me one way that i'm kind of vulnerable myself is understanding their situation and comparing their situation to mine and seeing how they should react in theirs and also going from that experience seeing how i should react to mine so i thought that's 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 helped me you know with their friends coming to me my friends coming to me and talking to me and being vulnerable with me that's allowed me to understand how to be vulnerable with myself and, you know, kind of figure out how I can be vulnerable with other people. So, yeah, you're saying like with like us basically coming to you, like our issues, whatever, you help out, but at the same time, you're absorbing stuff from it too to help yourself in the future. Yeah, I see. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's one way I've learned how to be vulnerable is people come to me to talk and I, I listen and I internally analyze those things and kind of compare it to my situation and go see how I should go about my own situation. Yeah, cause yeah, I'm a good listener too. So I like when I have a lot of people come to me just to talk or whatever, but more so for me, when like I have a lot of people come to me to talk and like vent to me, I feel like I take it as, okay, I can vent to these people. I can go to this person cause he's a comfortable coming to me. So I feel it's vice versa. I can go to them and talk to them. So yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So I have a quick question. Um, can you both just explain what like internal processing means? And also when you do that, where do those, where do those feelings go? And how do you make sure that you've processed them enough to, you know, not get rid of the situation, but make sure that you're okay for the next thing that arises? This out there. She trying to <laughs> I mean so. You want to explain the, want me to explain the definition and then you go deeper into it? Sure. So with the internal processing, it's not 
I'm talking to you, like, to get understanding, I'm um, thinking in my own head all the different angles, aspects, like, ways to go around it before I vent that out to you. It's basically like um, thinking before you speak, in a sense. So you come off wrong or just everything's clear to that person when you show them and tell them what you're, where you're coming from. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of give you an example. So say I'm having something like a bad day or whatever, something that's really bothering me. People that don't think the way that we do or handle situations we do, you know, maybe if you're having a bad day, Cameron or Alexis, you'll call each other and be like, hey, you know, I'm dealing with this. I want to talk to you, right? Mm -hmm. Honestly, for me personally, Lamar, you can say if, you, if you're like this or not, that doesn't really help me. Like it, certain things I need to talk to other people about. Like when I need advice, stuff like that, boom, I go to that person because I know they can help me with that specific situation. But more general and broad topics, just the way I handle things are, is um, I have a problem and for me to feel okay and you know, think about that problem, I go home or do whatever I'm doing and I, I think internally, okay, you know, instead of talking to somebody else, I, I kind of use my conscience to, to work things out. I'm thinking about different options, uh, what's gonna help me, ways I can get through this, um, how to get through it, and you know, how to feel better about it. That's what helps me. Like sitting down you know, by myself at home, get some food, watch some TV, and allow myself to privately think about these things rather than having another person there. Because, I mean, that feels like, I'm just wasting their time. Like, they don't really want to hear what I have to say. Um, that's sometimes how it feels like, because it doesn't help me. And I feel like I'm wasting their time because it really doesn't help me. Um, so like, that's what I meant by internal processing, just not really having to outwardly express those feelings to make myself feel better rather than you know, sitting down, think, thinking things out and, you know, finding those, those, I guess those avenues to, feel better about whatever situation is, is bothering me. That's why I feel better. And then you say, where do those feelings go? So for me, um, a lot of those feelings honestly coming from hobbies that I like to do. So, you know, for me, when I'm, when I'm having a bad day, I go to the rec, throw a few elbows, you know, win a couple of games of basketball. And I'm being so serious. Like when I'm having a bad day, I'm like, man, I need to go to the rec. I need to go talk some trash. And all that energy just goes out of me. Like I leave the reg all happy and stuff, and I leave the court all happy, and I feel better. And it, I have a more of a clear mind, because I, because during, you know, if I go hoop for three hours, that's three hours where I don't have to worry about what I was thinking about. I can get my anger out. I'm doing what I love to do. Everything's fine. Um, mm -hmm. That's if I'm, that's what I'm winning games that day. But no, but uh, <laughs> honestly, uh, that's that's really how I feel about it. Um, you know, hanging out with my friends, me and Lamar would go out and stuff together and you know, go to Northgate and hang out with our other friends. And that's, you know, that's how it will help me. Lamar, you can speak, kind of speak on. Yeah. I agree with that a lot. Like having that outlet just to get your get yourself out your head and like stop overthinking is good to have outlet because you're not thinking about it. And then I can jump on to say where in the past, I wouldn't have been to nobody. I wouldn't talk to nobody. I wouldn't express my feelings, my emotions. Like I'll keep everything in and process it myself. But like over the years, I'm I'm growing and like I talk to people more. I, it's more so if I feel that the person I'm talking to, like been through what I'm been through, going through it already, or like just have the wisdom and insight over it, then I'm I can talk to that person. Mm -hmm. so be a better aspect and look at it. Cause they've been through it already. And I feel like I can trust their wisdom because 
they've been in my shoes. So it's easier for me to talk to that person more so than keeping it in my own head and try to figure it out on my own and still overthink all the various um, aspects of it. And one more thing is a lot of you know, women will ask, oh, but you know, I wanna be that person to help you talk through those problems. Or I wanna be you know, that person that we have a problem to talk to. That's totally fine. When I have problems to talk about, I'll come and talk to you. I'm completely fine with you being that person for me. But sometimes I don't need that. Sometimes I just need you to be there. Like sometimes I just need you to it's be there for me. I'm coming That's over. what I was going to ask Ness. Cause I was like, even after you're, you're feeling better and y'all done, you know, had that outlet, like, do you still go back to your partner and like, kind of like explain to them like what was going on? Cause I know for me, like I would still want to know like, okay, I see you good now, but like, you want to tell me like what was wrong? <laughs> But I'm not even talking about after. I'm talking about before, too, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Just because I'm having a bad day and mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about it doesn't mean don't take that as I don't want to see you. you know, mm-hmm. Sometimes we can, I can be there and sometimes I want you there with me, but we don't have to talk about what's, what's bothering me. Just you being there, if you're that person for me, if mm-hmm. just you being there is enough. You know, I'm, I'm talking about the headspace. Yeah, I'm talking about for me, that, that's how I, like, that's kind of my, one of my love languages. Is when I'm going through stuff, just be there. You don't have to, you don't have to talk about it. And then once I feel comfortable to talk about it, I'll talk about it. But don't just come over and always nagging me like, so what's wrong? Like, why are you acting like this? Blah, 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 blah. No, just sometimes we, sometimes we just need you to, just your presence is enough. And that's, that's, that should mean a lot from, you know, from a man. If, if he's telling you just, just uh, don't think it as a negative way, think it as that, you know, if he just wants you to be there and that's enough for him, that seems like a positive to me. Yeah, like, that's a big thing, like, as a man, and, like, your spouse is, like, when you're going through it, she is there on, like, as your backbone, like, to not try to force those things out of you, but comfort you through them. Like, that's very big, like, to have within, like, your spouse. Like, it really is, like, a big bonus. It's because it's always good to have someone in your corner, not, like, understand that understands you, in a sense. Like, if you're feeling bad, she's okay. I know he's not going to talk about it right now, but let me still just um, like tend to him in a sense, not tend to him, but you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. just help him feel better. Like, let me help him take his mind off this. He's going through it. Like, oh, do you want to go do this? Let's go do this. Uh, let's just go out. Let's just have fun. Let's enjoy each other. Like help me take my mind off what I'm going through. So I have a follow-up question um, regarding something that y'all said. It's about the internal processing again. Um, So you both mentioned that you were overthinkers, as am I. How do you think that affects, how do you think you being an overthinker affects your internal processing? Me personally, it affects me a lot. Like it's very, I'm I'm a horrible overthinker. So I'm, when I think, I think about everything and then me thinking more creates other scenarios in my head. Mm-hmm. that's why it's good for me to have to talk to someone because they help me like put stuff in perspective and get all those clear things up for me so yeah I need to talk to someone that understands what I'm going through or whatever just so I can put perspective before I go to that person that I might be overthinking about yeah yeah I think that um that overthinking and also being you know internal process I think it can form some sort of anxiety because you know, you're you're keep all these thoughts in your head and the whole time you're just rolling 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 
and you're, nothing's coming out, I feel like it, I mean, it can cause anxiety sometimes. You know, you, you might have something going on, going on at your job or at work or, uh, you know, in your, in your personal life. And those things, those things are just in your head being bottled up and they're just churning and churning. That can make you very, very anxious about things. Um, yeah, so that's, I feel like that's how it, it affects me sometimes or people that think the way I do or we do is that well, sometimes it can be de- detrimental, you know, because you're, you're not getting those feelings out, but also you can only hold so much at one time when that's, that's going on with you. So that's where I think those outlets come in, where you have to find those outlets too. And this, it was in quarantine, it was, it was kind of hard with COVID and everything because a lot of those outlets were taken away. So, you know, I had to find other things that would take my mind off because I didn't have basketball apps for a certain amount of time. And I didn't have going out with my friends for a certain amount of time. So, and if I feel like some people, it can cause anxiety and depression. Just, you know, if, if I didn't, find those things to, you know, let my feelings out. Maybe I would have felt into one of those holes. All right, since y'all been asking this question, I got a question for y'all. Mm-hmm. Like you said, you're an overthinker. And I don't know if you are too, Alexis, but if you are, you can answer this too. If y'all are overthinking about your man, like how do you go about that? Do y'all like, tell me how y'all go about that. <laughs> so a lot of people don't know this because, um, First of all, I, I actually do self-reflect or internalize first. And then once I feel like it's just like too much and it's nagging at me, I ask other people what they think or whatever. But when COVID happened um, and I was dealing with my relationship and everything, nobody knew that I was suffering from depression for like three months where I would come home every day and I would just ball up on the floor and um, cry <laughs> and had no no idea why, what, what, what was going on. But what helped me um, was I started journaling. I started my blog and I started journaling. And basically I just had to write out what I was thinking, what I was thinking, exactly what I was feeling at that moment, at that time. And that is what um, really helped me. And y'all already know that I have really bad anxiety. So um, come to find out that was really helping my anxiety also it's just getting it off my chest you know it's just like um a weight lifted <laughs> um and even though nobody else was seeing that even though I wasn't talking to anybody else um my journaling my journaling just really 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 helped me so and then when my mom found it then I had no choice but to talk to her <laughs> so, but yeah Okay, so um, what you're saying, you, wait, can I, let me stop you real quick. So you said you journal. So did you, like, when you journal, did you ever, like, when you write this stuff down, did you write it down and boom, you forget about it? Or would you write it down and go back and reflect, like, weekly or something? Some of the stuff I wrote down, and once I wrote it down, I was done with it, didn't want to read it again, because I didn't want to think about it again. But yeah, like, I have, like, a lot of poems in there um, that I go back, and I'm just like, dang girl like you done grown so much like you thought that was gonna kill you and look at you mm-hmm. just a beautiful flower <laughs> Lamar I think that that journaling kind of goes back to our goals taking episode. notes yeah our, our, our goal our goals episode when I was talking about writing those goals down writing your notes down because it can give you time to go back and reflect and see how far you become how far you've gone because like you said you do like to think keep things in your in your mind but having that stuff written down and the ability to first, like say, using 
more of your more of your senses to remember those things and keep it you know stony or in your mind but also to reflect on I feel like it is important to reflect on right. where you've come from because sometimes in, in life I feel like you can feel like you're stagnant when you, you hit a wall or mm-hmm. you, you hit a roadblock and you feel like your your wheels are, are going you got spinners on your wheels going but your car not going nowhere <laughs> <laughs> and um I feel like you know maybe if you, if you are if you are having a day like that maybe you can go in your in your journal or go in your notes and, and see you know what you know I might feel like it's today, but look where I was six months ago, or right. look where I was a year ago, and then put it in perspective. Okay, you might have hit a roadblock for the last two, three weeks, but look where you were two months ago. Right. I can kind of yeah. give you some confidence to, to, uh, to go forward and you know go over that roadblock and start finding ways to uh, propel past that that wall that you've that you've hit. Yeah, I like <clears throat> oh, go ahead, sis. Well, something else that I had just tweeted and like it just took off and I wasn't expecting it to was that this guy had made a video of him like self-talking to himself. Like he was literally at a table eating breakfast, talking to himself. And like I was tweeted like that has helped me so much, too, is like self-talk. Like Mm -hmm. I would literally have to have pep talks with myself, like, you know, to help motivate me or to, you know, kind of get me over, you know, what I was going through. Like, you got it. You can do this. It, It builds your confidence. I think, um, so I think journaling just validates that your thoughts and your feelings are valid, valid, yeah, (laughs) that you actually feel that way, Um, and then self-talk is definitely one of the things that helps me, Um, actually, just today, I was doing a a leg workout, and I was like, girl, I know you want to quit, but don't, because quitting means quitting on yourself. And it really just helped me get through it, you know? And I think that there used to be a stigma about talking to yourself, but like affirmations and all of that is so real. Like if you see it and you believe it, then it's going to happen. But Lamar, can you go over that question again? (laughs) The one you said before. Dang, don't worry, he's going. Something about. Oh yeah, yeah, because y'all didn't, y'all didn't answer it. Y'all, y'all, <laughs> I'm sorry. Y'all, you did, but you didn't really answer. Give me the answer I was looking for. Like, so, would you like voice like when you're overthinking about your man? Like, do y'all go to him and tell him about it, or? I did. He told me I was nagging. <laughs> so when I when I have a problem with my man, I think that. Me personally, and it's, it's a negative trait. I know I need to work on it, but I just, sometimes I don't think before I speak. I just say things. And something that's helped me is just understanding the situation from the other person's perspective. So it can be something as simple as, okay, you took your clothes off and now they sit on the floor. So what's going to happen to them? Am I supposed to pick them up or what? To something as big as like, oh, he cheating on me or whatever. I'm not doing stuff that he likes, da-da-da, right? You have to be able to put yourself in that other person's shoes and be like, okay, this is why they think that this is okay. Maybe it's the way that they were raised that has them thinking that that's okay. You might've been raised differently. So, you know, in your household, that wasn't okay for you. So you just have to be understanding about what that person thinks and truly... Think about your feelings before you speak, because that's the problem that I have. 
I will definitely talk out the side of my neck before I think about things. <laughs> so I think both of those things are important and just making sure that you actually feel the way you feel before you bring them to that other person. I think that's definitely true. But for me in a relationship, just because of my childhood traumas and watching my parents and their relationship, I don't want to be in a relationship where I feel like I have to walk on eggshells and can't express myself. So if I'm feeling some type of way or if I get the overthinking, I'm coming to you and we're going to talk about it. (laughs) That's how I feel. That that goes back to, you know, being able to be vulnerable with your partner uh, on on both sides. One, you have to be able to be vulnerable with yourself to understand that you're not doing the right thing Mm -hmm. and reflect on yourself. Like look at yourself in the mirror and go, okay, I'm not doing the right thing. Let's talk to my partner. Another is to be vulnerable with your partner in the sense that it's okay to let them know that you're not happy. Like you, it's okay to let your partner know, you know, hey, this is not okay with me, or this is not something that I think I can deal with. And you know, if this doesn't get fixed, sometimes you might have to give out ultimatums. Sometimes, no, I'm just kidding. But now, for them, I probably, <laughs> for, for real. <laughs> no, I mean sometimes. I mean, vulner- vulnerability goes on both sides. Um, so yeah, I feel like you need to assess yourself, how you're handling situations, and go from there. All right, so I have another question. You brought up, I think you just brought up your parents. Okay, yeah. For next episode. <laughs> what, about, what about your parents? So would y'all say y'all model y'all relationships after them? Oh, no, no. Hell no. <laughs> okay, so... We don't really want to get into details, but, you know, I guess, what are some things that, or what are some ways that people can, even if, if your your parent situation isn't ideal or what you would like it to be, how can they take that and turn it into a positive and, and put those positive things from a negative into your relationship? Um, I think that, so a little background, Um, my parents are divorced. They're not together. They divorced when I was about nine. Um, so I think that the biggest thing that I take away is I'm grown now. You know, I talk to my mom about things. I talk to my dad about things, about reasons why the relationship didn't work. Cause you know, at the end of the day, I'm still curious. Those are my parents. And I just find that my parents giving me advice really helps me in my own relationship. So one of the main things that like my dad always talks about is having a woman that supports you no matter what, whether it be in the business endeavors that your partner wants to go on, or, you know, maybe they want to go through and, and transfer into another career or anything like that. You have to be supportive of that person. And always, they have to know that as a partner, you're going to be there regardless. <clears throat> so what about you, Alexis? Um, same as Cameron. Mine's are divorced, separated when I was about nine. Um, my biggest, my parents were abusive and um, they argued a lot. So my whole thing is, is that I learned a lot about myself where um, I have taken some of those things and I applied them in my relationship, which, you know, I just, I had to learn how to self-correct some of those things about me. 
like not being confrontational and not always yelling, you know, trying to get my point across. So I just feel like a way to um, fix what I've seen growing up is just being able to communicate. And you have to be patient with me. You have to tell me how you want me to talk to you. Tell me, you have to tell me what helps you, you know, as my partner, you have to tell me what I need to do to make, you know, make things work, if that makes sense. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, and so that's how I try to, I don't know, do better. Yeah, because uh-huh. I feel like I've been in relationships to where, where just relationships in general where, you know, your partner is doing something that you don't like, but then sometimes you don't say you don't say anything, right? Right. And then so they're not going to stop their what they're doing because they don't know what's wrong. But then you're going on and you're mad and you know, taking it out on them. They don't know why you're mad because you didn't communicate with them that you're mad. So it's like, it's like, it goes, it's, it's always like a cycle. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like I said, it's, it's important to tell your partner, be vulnerable with your partner and tell them, hey, I don't like this. This is what I prefer. This is what I would like. Because uh, I say, if not, they don't know that it's wrong. They're going to keep doing it. Right. And it's never going to stop. It's, it's going to get to a point to where if you're always just taking it and keeping it in, you can only have so much. You, go, you can only take so much. And one day you're just going to explode and it's not going to be good. So, yeah. So, no, I think I wanna... uh, you can go. go now, you can go ahead and go. I'll just come back to it. Um, I was saying that I want us to talk about something that is kind of a reoccurring theme for like a lot of women in relationships that have had, you know, fathers that participated in infidelity or cheating. So, a lot of times, in my case, I will say that I always think a man that I've been with or whatever is cheating on me because that's what I've seen, you know, as I was growing up and, and, you know, my parents' relationship. And sometimes it's very hard to get over that, like, but you just have to try to trust that person. So what, Lex, is this something that you have experienced or what um, would you say is some advice to girls who feel like that because that's what they grew up seeing. Well, my issue is the the neglect. Uh, my father left and <laughs> never came back. <laughs> so, um, I'm actually I don't have any advice because I'm still dealing with it. Like that was a big thing. That was my biggest insecurity in my relationship. Like this man is gonna leave me, and you know, because I'm not good enough. I'm still working on that. I don't know. <laughs> so um, really is building confidence in myself. Like you're enough. And if someone doesn't want to be with you, it's okay. It's not you. It's them. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still going through that. <laughs> Lex, I, want, I just want to say like, for people listening, I'm glad Lex that you said like you were vulnerable with us and said that you don't know because a lot of people, I'm glad you didn't make up an answer, you know, to feel like you got everything together. It's okay not to have everything together. It's okay not to be okay. So for people listening, if you're going through things and you know, you don't know, you know how you're gonna get out of it and you're still trying to figure it out, be vulnerable with yourself and understand that. Because if not, you're gonna fabricate this, this perfect ending or this perfect situation, how you can get out of it. And it's all it's gonna be it's gonna be fabrication. Mm-hmm. And, all those emotions and that anxiety, all that is always going to be built inside of you because 
you're not handling it. You're you're not taking that time for yourself. So I think that was good that you actually gave us, you know, a real answer. And like I say, it's, it's okay to be okay. All right. All right. So I'm gonna go back. Um, before I answer, I'm gonna get your answer, Jay. So they brought up their parents, their relationship, like a little background on their parents and like what they took for their parents' relationships. So give us a little background on your parents and then tell us like what you took or what you didn't take from their relationship. Yeah, so um I grew up in a two-parent household. Um, Amazing. No, I, I, I've had my parents my whole life. Um, I still have another brother. We have different uh, fathers, but um, he's a lot older than me. But so that kind of dynamic was kind of weird because you know we're brothers, but you know he has like he's eleven years older than me. We have a different different past. You know, he grew up in a in a household to where you know his his mom is now engaged or married to a new man, I came in a situation to where I always knew my two parents were together, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, um, my parents, really just just everyday things, like I'm, I'm an observer. So I'll, I'll observe how they talk to each other or I'll, I'll observe how they handle situations. And for a while I was like, man, like relationships, aren't good or like relationships suck or I'll be like relationships are great it would just depend on the day you know relationships aren't, aren't gonna, always going to be roses and daisies and they shouldn't always be hell <laughs> <laughs> so I find the biggest thing I've got from my from my parents relationship is that you're going to have your good days and you're going to have your bad days but it's important to you know figure out how to make the best of, of both of that you know, you want to have as many good days as possible, but when you're having bad days, don't think of don't think of it as a bad day. Think of it as a day that y'all can sit down and talk about that, so it doesn't happen again. Um, you know, communication is key, and I feel like in a relationship, you know, when when y'all aren't seeing eye to eye, okay, y'all don't have to talk about it immediately, but y'all can figure out the certain amount of time where you need, give need to give each other time and then come back to it, hit on it again, have y'all have space because I've been in relationships to where if we try to work it out right when it happens, oh, like she, throws, she, she throwing things at my head, like, you know, <laughs> putting holes in the wall. Are yeah, you good, so, bro? No. So you were talking about, <laughs> hey, we can we keep positive, are you good? <laughs> but no, I mean, for real though, because, you know, instead of doing that, we, we kind of, in my past, I've kind of been like, look, I'm going to give you your space. You know, I'm going to get my space. Come back in a couple of hours or whenever we can. And boom, then we can talk about it. And that has worked so much better for me. So that's, okay. that's all I got from my so, parents. And my parents. All right. Before I go in about my little background, my parents, I can truthfully say, bro, like the more we talk, like me and you talk just in general, I feel like we, the more I realize how much we are alike. Brother from another. <laughs> like, it's real. Like, the much I see like, how much we like, because I can say I have, so my parents, they're, they basically grew up together. I want to say 16, since they're 16 years old. And then I have half siblings too, where I feel like they're in a different situation than like me, me coming up with my two parents and then them like having to come over on weekends or whatever. So, but more so, like I was saying, my parents, they grew up together. So, small town. 16 years old and they're still together and they're 40 years old now and 
got married two years ago. So me personally, I say it. I, I watch, like I said, I observe my parents a lot. Like I take a lot from the relationships. That's why I like, when I say my, when I brought up love language, quality time. I see how my parents are never just like cuddle up, like up under each other, but they're fine with sitting on different couches or on the same couch watching TV. Like they, it's still peaceful for them. And I can see where my parents, like if they're, my mom has an attitude or whatever, or they're bumping heads, they give each other their space. And then they come back when they're ready and talk about it. Like I see my parents are good communicators. I, I, I noticed that they talk a lot to each other, even good or bad. They just talk to each other. They tell each other about their day. If something crazy happened, they talk about it. So I feel like I model a lot from their relationship. Like I take a lot from my parents' relationship, which is a good thing. Cause I like, they have a good relationship in my eyes. And I wanna, I want that same thing with my spouse. I wanna grow, the, I'm, I'm already past the 16 year, 16 year old mark, but in a sense, I wanna grow with that person and build up more and more. So, Cause I feel like that's what made their relationship perfect. Them growing up together and still being with each other all those years, so. That's my little background with my parents. But yeah, like I was saying, bro, we, I realized we more alike than we probably think so, but yeah. So. And I will say that I had to stop myself from looking at Instagram or looking at all these different social media apps and comparing myself or my relationship to their relationship, you know, cause everybody's different and people only put on social media what they want to put. So their relationship might not be perfect, but it works for them. So comparing is a big thing that I feel like a lot of people in our generation and just nowadays do that. That's what, I'm glad you bring that up because like somebody tweeted that. And I was like, well, it's not that I'm comparing. It's just that I think it's nice. Like, why can't I want nice things? Like, I deserve those things. <laughs> Like you feel like you, like you do that same relationship. Like, why not have a happy relationship? They why not me, God? Why like, not yeah, why, me? When is my turn? Like, it's my turn to be happy. Yeah, I, see yeah. I, I mean, I see it from both sides. Yeah, people are, are only going to post. I had a friend last week. She was like, and yeah, my friend posted with her boyfriend. But they about to break up anyways. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. So I'm like, people, people only see the good. So it's okay to see it. And know your worth and be like, I deserve that. Like, that's what mm -hmm. I, deserve. I deserve to be happy like that. And I deserve that in my life. But, you know, people get kind of lost in that stuff. And when they see that they're not having that, they start to doubt themselves. And they start to think that they're not worthy. They're not good enough. And so I think that's where it goes back to, you know, being, being familiar with yourself, being okay with yourself. And trying to figure out what what you like, um, what what you don't like, and then really just go from there. Um, you can't really base it on anybody's other relationship. You can only base it on what you think you deserve, what you think you're worth, and then go from there. Because every relationship is different. You know, me and Lamar talk about this. The grass is not always greener. Not nah, don't because, twenty. Don't go for that twenty. Because no, you can see them being happy with their spouse. Boom, let's say you were in a position, but y'all about to break up like my homegirl said. Y'all about to break up anyways. But yeah, we post some pictures on Instagram. Oh yeah, I want to post pictures on Instagram too. But then y'all having, you really, it's really just a, just a front because y'all having problems off Instagram. So that's kind of how I've seen it. You know, you see rappers and everybody with their relationships next week, week after, dude cheated or, 
you know what I'm saying? All this stuff happening. And it's like, if they, people always say, man, dang, if, if they can't be together, I ain't never gonna be with nobody. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I feel like that's kind of how I see it. So, all right, let's go ahead and start wrapping this up. I have a question, well, for y'all two, because y'all weren't on our last episode. So I want, I'm curious. I want y'all to tell us y'all, your top three love languages and how like y'all make it work within your relationship. Go ahead, Cam, because I don't have one. <laughs> well, give me a minute. Let's go, because I have a list. Oh, we got a list. She prepared. Yes, sir. Hey, she knew I was going to ask. Self reflection. Hey, that's why you need to write stuff down, man, to reflect. All right, so going to, um, since you said you don't have one, tell me why. Like, you don't ever think about that stuff? No, I have love languages. I was talking about the relationship. Oh, oh okay, okay. Never mind. My fault. Let me, let me say this, though somebody this made good sense actually you actually love all five love languages you actually have them all if you yes, if you think yes, about it yes, but my top three one is physical touch because I'm, I'm a touchy clingy person at times and then two is quality time mm-hmm. like you, you have to spend time with me in order for me to feel loved you you need to be spending time with me or you need to be talking on the phone with me you need to be texting me like three times a day morning afternoon and night three only three i'm okay with that it don't take a lot to please me i'm okay with that you just like good Uh, afternoon good night yeah (laughs) i just i just need to know that you're alive and you're well (laughs) you ate you good but anyway yeah i think um quality quality time and physical touch those are my two so no three come before you go oh did i have three yeah give, give me one more give me one more give me one more um oh the words of affirmation that yeah okay. yeah i would really emphasize that is true and i don't think we talked about that in the last episode or more but it is your top love languages mm-hmm. yeah it's not your love languages it's i feel like it really is your top i don't think that i mean i'm speaking in general but for me i do like all of them but we're talking about top. So like I said, we're not saying people don't like certain ones or we're just saying these are the things, you know. That we see the most like within ones. ourselves. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, to those that are listening, if you want to take the quiz to find out your top love languages, you can go to fivelovelanguages.com. Um, it gives you a breakdown of like if you're single or if you're in a relationship so you can click on both like whichever one you are in and then it actually gives you a percentage so it breaks down like Alexis was saying you do actually have all five and then eventually the percentages add up to 100 so um, my first one is quality time because like Lex said like I want Time is an important thing. And if you spend it on me, that's going to make me feel important. So I need them text messages. I need us to cuddle, Netflix and chill, all of it. Um, Physical touch is important to me. I think that it's just something about the energy of when you touch a person. Not not even just in a relationship, because y'all, I ain't trying to be like that. But when you're like when your friends are touching you or if you hug your friends you know um it's a specific energy that you you share within that hug or within whatever 
Um, and you really got to watch that because some people do not like physical touch. It could be just a situation where they don't feel as comfortable with you as you thought they would, or maybe something happened to them um, that they don't like that. So make sure that you communicate to your friends that you are that type of physical touch person. Then my last one is receiving gifts. I love receiving gifts because it just shows that person that you're thinking about them. And it's not even about the monetary aspect of it. Like, for example, one Christmas, I was complaining about sleeping like in my boyfriend's bed and I was just not comfortable, right? So this man went and bought me a pillow and a whole bunch of people would be like, a pillow? Like, what is that? Why would he buy you that? But that was the best damn pillow that I ever slept on. And it was the thought that counts, you know? Yeah. But I would say that your partner is not going to have the same love languages as you. So one of the ones that I struggle with is gift giving. My boyfriend does not like gifts, but I like gifts. So I might get him something and he'd just be like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I just be like, you know, why would you not like the fact that I got you a gift? But everybody's different. And that's why, like Lamar said, you have to communicate the things that you like and the things that you don't like in a relationship. And even in a friendship too. I agree. So thank you all for getting on here. Y'all gave us some good insight, some very good insight, good comments. But yeah, but we appreciate we appreciate y'all getting on here, like for real. Like it took a lot, like to get y'all on here. You know, we like it. So thank y'all for having us. Yes, please invite us back. I love to hear. We uh, we need to. I don't know about buying y'all back. Y'all kind of shine a little bit. Y'all took our shine a little bit. Just a little bit. Kind of take our jobs, but we we need to do a um. In person one one day when all this stuff you know settles down yes. yeah so thank you we we're gonna have y'all back on here just we we set it up and then we got it we got y'all so so we're about to do the more and we're gonna get active so let's get active let's get active let's get active